that time of year when we head to Las Vegas with 50,000 of our closest friends for the biggest AWS event of the year, reInvent. Five days long with more than 2,500 sessions taking place in six huge venues spread over two and a half miles. reInvent is a heavyweight of a conference. If you don't plan ahead, reInvent will take you down in a TKO. In this episode of MobyCast, John and Chris are in your corner, breaking down this year's event with the tips, tricks, and secrets you need to make the most of reInvent. Welcome to MobyCast, a show about the techniques and technologies used by the best cloud-native software teams. Each week, your hosts John Christensen and Chris Hickman pick a software concept and dive deep to figure it out. Welcome, Chris. It's another episode of MobyCast. Hey, John. It's good to be back. Yeah, good to have you back. Hey, you know, I was just at the diner with my um, with my kids because they had a dentist appointment this morning. And one of the things that's so cool about this town that I live in is that there. I, I never had known, noticed this before about the diner, but there's a booth that's set aside for a guy named Jack, I think. Jack Oster or something like that. And he was sitting there, and I was like, whoa, that man is old. Um, and that's not, that's not the cool part about the town. But anyway, this old man, I was like, he, he's got to be a local here. He's got to be a, like somebody who's a longtime local. And I looked up his name, and there are a few articles in the local paper about him. And it, it's just kind of mind-blowing because he grew up here, and he's 95 right now. So he's really been here a long time. And he was a rancher on the land that ended up becoming the development that my wife grew up in, you know, and we're not totally spring chickens. Right. So just, you know, like I was just thinking about how he probably knows, you know, he knew people that when he was young and talked to them, they had memories of like skirmishes, you know, with native Americans, like literally right mm-hmm. here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. And yeah. It's just li- such a you know, pioneering yeah. place. Yeah, living living history for sure. Um, yeah, and it's getting rarer and rarer these days. Yeah, right? like it I is. mean, just mobility is so high now, and people don't really stay in one spot anymore. Right. Yeah, and and when he was growing up here, it was really a place where people didn't live. It, you know, nobody lived here. It was it was really pioneering. So that's kind of cool. Um, anyway, that's just a side story. That wasn't about technology at all. What are we going to talk about today, Chris? Well, um, you know, it is that time of year, so let's get ready to rumble. Here comes reInvent. <laughs> yes. And so today, yeah, we're gonna. This is a preview show. We're gonna kind of break it down and awesome. uh, just give some some tips, tricks, and things that we're looking forward to, and maybe throw down some predictions as well. I think the most important question about reInvent is where are you staying? Where are you staying? This is the first time. That I'm not at the MGM Grand, um, so I'm 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 down at in Ground Zero at the Venetian. So it'll be interesting yes. to for me. Yes. Yep. Yep. Whenever, and I think that's going to be the you know part of the first few words of every conversation I have. Hey, how's your event going so far? Did you know I'm staying at the Venetian right here? <laughs> <laughs> Just to make sure people know. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but you realize that 10,000 other people are staying with the Venetian as well. Oh, I know, but it's the 10,000 most important other people. <laughs> the 10,000 VIPs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, yeah, let's talk about reInvent. Um, oh, actually, before we do, I think there was something else you wanted to talk about. Something, something that, yeah. There is, absolutely. So um, as of now, when we're taping this, yesterday... Apple announced its new MacBook Pro um, that's long been rumored. It's a 16-inch version and really didn't know what to expect. All the rumors leading up to this were basically saying, okay, it's a slightly bigger screen than the 15-inch MacBook Pro. Um, Probably not much changes to the keyboard other than we did know that there was going to be a a separate physical escape key, which, okay, that's a bone um, people are getting excited for. Mm -hmm. Um, but other than that, you know, just, you know, guesses and speculation, but really kind of thought it's going to be the same butterfly keyboard, um, which we have come to loathe. Um, yes. And it, this is one of the reasons my MacBook Pro is the tw- mid 2015 model. And I just can't bring myself to get one of the, 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 the current MacBook Pros 
with that butterfly keyboard. It's just, I cannot stand it. Um, so you hear so that? It, That's the sound of a key not working on a butterfly <laughs> keyboard. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> That's what it sounds like <laughs> when, when, it, when a developer cries. <laughs> yeah. So they, so they announced yesterday this, this new MacBook Pro, and it turns out like this Christmas came early this year because oh. there is, they did update the keyboard. So, um, you know, this is, they're calling it the magic keyboard. Uh, let's, that, that may be a little bit of hyperbole, but the, the truth of the matter is, is that just getting rid of that awful butterfly keyboard, like anything else is going to be magic, right? Like mm-hmm. you could, you could give me an abacus on that thing and I would probably be happier. Yeah. Um, so, um, so this is, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited about this. Like I, actually, I, I had to go onto the Apple site and start pricing it out, you know, nice, and nice. I showed it, showed it to my wife and she kind of, <laughs> she gave me this look. It's like, are you kidding me? We just spent gobs of money on a bathroom remodel. We're putting our son through college that away <laughs> you're 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 sticking with your existing there's nothing wrong with your macbook but so yeah I, it's i'm i'm very excited this new magic keyboard it's actually has a it's, it's a scissor mechanism instead of the butterfly um so it's got a deeper travel one millimeter of travel it talked about it has a dedicated escape key now so it's no longer that that silly this virtual escape key in the touch bar mm-hmm. um and They've, there's just, it sounds like there's just a lot of improvements around this, this keyboard. So there's a a rubber dome, um, on the keyboard that makes the key press more responsive and it, it bounces back more. Um, it's got that deeper travel and so far everything that I've seen early reports from people that have actually got their hands on this, they're like, this is, this is the keyboard every, it should have been from the get go. Right. So, so really excited about and not only that, I mean, there's other improvements as well. So the biggest battery ever in a Mac notebook, they're saying you can get up to 11 hours of wireless web browsing and video playback. That's pretty good. That's pretty impressive. Um, audio is greatly improved with six speakers. So for me, Chris, the thing that's been killing me about Macs has been the, the just underpowered graphics performance. Have they addressed that at all? Uh, yeah, I believe this is, um, you know, you, it's now gone to an eight core ninth generation i9 Intel processor. Um, yeah, but and, that, so that's the processor, but what about the GPU? The GPUs they've been putting in have, have really, I mean, literally been like kind of mid model 2008, 9, 10 sort of capability. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a GPU freak. Um, I do mm-hmm. know that again, this is, this is a, you know, they have, they have improved this and, They've published the benchmarks comparing, you know, previous versions, whatnot, for both graphics and CPU, mm-hmm. and obviously they're better, right? Um, mm-hmm. So the 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 GPU you can get with this, um, it's like a hundred dollars extra is an AMD Radeon Pro fifty five hundred M with eight gig of of uh, mem memory. So. <laughs> mem. Mem. Yeah, it doesn't sound like they really did much there. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I could be wrong. That mm-hmm. just doesn't that that doesn't speak like name brand awesomeness to me. I, I, obviously, AMD makes some good video cards, but um, they usually don't have names. They usually have actual names, the good ones, and not just like numbers. I think this is well. This is a Radeon Pro, Radeon Pro. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, but still. <laughs> anyway, still unimpressed. Yeah. Yeah. I just poked around online a little bit, and it turns out the AMD Radeon Pro 5000 series, that's a mouthful, is a big step up. It turns out that um, what they were putting, the AMDs that they were putting in the MacBook Pro 15-inch line, some Vega cards, uh, are at least half, if not less than that, as powerful as the new AMD Radeon Pro um, 5000 series line of cards. So really happy to see that the MacBook Pro laptops are getting better horsepower and graphics processing. They're not top, top, top of the line, but you know Apple is always trying to make sure that we can use our laptops for a long time and not 30 minutes on battery. So it does make sense that there's some trade-offs there. You know, the other thing that's super impressive about these, so the baseline memory in the MacBook Pro now is 16 gigabytes, which, by the way, I mean, 
that's a lot of memory for a, for a laptop. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it, and that's just baseline. So you you get your choice of 16, 32 gigs or 64. Mm-hmm. 64 gigs of RAM in this laptop. Like, that's kind of mind-blowing. Um, it is, and then it is. storage, it goes up to 8 terabyte SSD. 8 terabytes. 8 terabytes is huge. It is. Massive. Right? I mean, 8 terabytes. <laughs> And so just kind of blown away by just how much power they're packing into four pounds. Um, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. I mean, this, this to me is one of the best Apple announcements in a couple of years. Yeah, that's huge. That is huge. Um, I'm interested too. I, I got I have this super underpowered Mac, but you know, I, if, when I'm at home, because it's so underpowered, I use my big old tower PC and I like it. Mm-hmm. The, the other good news on this, too, is that even though it's bigger, so it replaces the 15-inch MacBook Pro. Um, it does, the, the, the 15-inch Mac Pro, I think the screen is 15.4. This one is a true, this is 16. But the bezels um, are thinner. So it ends up, I think the overall physical size of it ends uh, up being about the so same cool. as the 15-inch Mac Pro, which is really nice. Yeah, that is huge. I would love that. Cool. Yeah, so I'm going to work on convincing Santa Claus <laughs> to get me a new MacBook. But we'll see. Right. Well, you know, you work for a company too that you know could probably help. Oh, I can. I can. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know those forms that they have for conferences. Like, here's the form you can use to convince your boss that this is a good <laughs> investment. Yeah. So right. Apple needs to have that on their site. Right. Although it sounds like maybe I've already convinced my boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, should we talk reInvent? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do that. So, um, yeah, so I guess, you know, not everybody that's li- that listens really thinks about reInvent um, and, go, you know, definitely doesn't go to reInvent. A lot of people go to reInvent, but um, I'm not sure, you know, I, I would be interested to know what percentage of our listeners, and in fact, I guess I should say, if you are going to reInvent, uh, please, please figure out a way. There's like seven ways now, I think, to get in touch with us. There's a voicemail, there's Reddit, there's Twitter, there's, you can do ask at mobicast.fm. You can do my email, which is john at kelsa.com, Chris's email, which is chris at kelsa.com. There are ways to get in touch with us, uh, to let us know that you're going to be at reInvent. And we'd like to meet you. We'd, we'd like to talk to you and figure out what we can do to do a better job of this show. Um, and just generally who you are. We want to know who you are and, and like, you know, get to know you. So please meet us. Absolutely. Send us a a note. If not, Um, just for getting some cool stickers, right? Yes, we will have those. Yes. So what was I going to say? Oh, uh, and for everybody else, um, yeah, let's just say what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, reInvent is the, the annual blowout for the AWS, right? So all things AWS is the, their, their big event, um, for the year. This year, it's going to be over 50,000 attendees, and this is a full week long, so December 2nd through December 6th, Monday through Friday, um, and then actually, there's some extension. You can, you can start Sunday, actually, and there's now a, a new music festival called Intersect that extends it another couple of days, so this is just really just big. Um, we're talking over... 2,500 sessions of content, um, different types of content. Um, we'll get into that a little bit, but 2005, over 2,500 sessions of, of content. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a lot. So many. Right? It's, like, it's like, I feel like that's got to be fake somehow because when you actually look at the, pro, you know, at the catalog, if there were that many, it would seem impossible to even scroll through it all. And it, you kind of can, and, you know, at least if you go day by day. I don't know where that number comes from, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I will tell you this. So I, so reserve seating opened up um, about a month ago and it took me a good four hours to go through the session catalog, you know, especially the, the peak days, like Wednesday, Thursday, there are like 900 session sessions in the catalog just for those days alone. Uh, it's so I, I believe the number, like just in the session catalog alone, there's, there's probably wow. easily, you know, 2,500. 
and and they they keep adding to it as well, right? I know, so this, so this unbelievable. is very much a dynamic a dynamic catalog um, that's living, breathing, and, and growing each day. So if we did the entire body of MobyCast like another two hundred and fifty times, no, I guess twenty five times, um, then we would catch up to the amount of information that's going to be blurted out in one week. There, actually, I was just reading this morning that um, Andy Jassy made a post saying like. Um, you know, we're going to, we're doing pre-invent, um, this year where we're going to just, we're not going to bunch up all the announcements, um, at the keynotes. We're going to, we're going to start announcing stuff before reInvent happens. So they, they made an announcement today, um, with a new service called data exchange, I believe. Um, there's going to be more in the, in, in, in the coming weeks. So absolutely there's going to be, as always, there's going to be a flood of announcements, new brand new services, Lots of, you know, new features being added, case study. I mean, just tons of information to try to, you know, come up to speed on. Yeah, yeah, so much. And I mean, I guess the hope for everybody that's there is that the new announcements are just mind-blowing and super cool. Um, That's what you want, right? You want to go there and you want to be like, oh, wow, I never thought of that. And it's so cool that they announced it, right? Wouldn't that be neat? Yeah, well... That's usually been like my experience just watching the keynotes in real time is just like they'll just rattle off like, oh, this here's we're going to announce this and we just announced this. And it's like, that's a whole company, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Like that's a whole company that you could go do, you know, a $30 million round on um, of a VC, right? Or 50 million and and be post money quarter, quarter billion dollar valuation. (laughs) <laughs> and they just they just rattle them off, right? Right. Like, there goes yeah. ten of them. So, so it's not just like I mean, it's it's almost like just spawning companies. Um, mm-hmm, it with is the, with these announcements. So yep. it's 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 kind of it's kind of mind boggling. But again, I mean, AWS is so big. This space is so is so um, it's such a big part of the economy now, and they're going so head to head with especially Microsoft with Azure. It's there's a lot at stake and, you know, you cannot fall behind. You have to you have to just figure a way to keep growing. Right. And that's that's what they're that's what that's what AWS is really kind of running up against, I think. And and probably at the the forefront of their mind is like, how do we how do we keep growing? Yep. Because it was a lot easier five years ago. Right. Yeah. Once you're a certain size, you know, growth. It feels like growth would normally just naturally happen at the margins and not, you know, we're doubling, we're doubling yeah. again. Yeah. 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 yeah you, you also have here that content is spread over six venues. Last year, I think I only got to two venues out of the, say, five or six that were there. Mm-hmm. And at least one of the ones I went into did feel a little like a, you know, okay, this is, this is not where the, the this is not the heart of reInvent. So, right. Um, so while it is spread over six venues, there are some kind of ghost town venues. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so six venues, um, spread two and a half miles from the most Northern one to the, to the most Southern one. Right. So that's, that's quite a distance that we're, that we're covering here and you can kind of break it up into the South strip venues versus the North strip. So (laughs) at the North, at the North end, you have the Venetian, the Encore and the Mirage, um, and then on the south end, you have the MGM Grand, Aria, and the Bellagio. And mm-hmm. chances are you're going to spend most of your time at the Venetian, the Aria, and maybe the MGM Grand. Um, the other three venues, and definitely less, not as much content there, um, but you may have a, a session or two um, at, those, at those places. I think Encore would be the one that probably has the least amount of content. And you may not even visit that venue. Right, right. Interesting. Um, yeah, I know. I'm not going to name a name, but I know somebody that that recently got a job with AWS, and I was kind of interested to see that person's session and saw where it was, and thought, oh, I guess I might not get to that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, un- unfortunately, I mean, location does come into play here, right? With yep. with sessions that you can attend. So it's if if you have sessions that even you know are an hour apart, but one's at the very north end and one's at the south end. It's just, it's not going to happen. Right. Um, you can't get from there to here. Yeah. Cool. And then we're, we've, you know, what are the, there's all these sessions, right? There's, there's sessions and sessions and sessions, but what are they? What are, what's actually happening? 
Right. So there's there's four main types of content at reInvent. So you have sessions, chalk talks, workshops, and what they call builder sessions. And so sessions, this is kind of like the typical lecture style events, the um, content that we're kind of used to at, at, at conferences, right? This is where you go and you, there's a speaker, they go through a presentation, it's, it's an hour long, and then typically they're going to have 10 to 15 minutes at the end for Q&A, um, and this covers topics at all levels. So it's the introductory, the 200 level type material, all the way up to the black belt 400 level, like, you know, hold on to your hat, or we're going to go really deep. Um, so lots of, you know, good information presented really, really quickly, um, and uh, the other thing to keep in mind with these is that most of these are recorded. So if there are sessions that you can't get to, um, either because it's full or it just doesn't match with your, your, your calendar, after reInvent, definitely go and, and, and find that on their YouTube channel. And you should be able to see it. Um, caveat, they, they do say that, like, hey, all these are recorded and you can, you can see them. But that's not totally true. Um, so I've... I've noticed that like um, after a certain, definitely after a certain amount of time that not all of those sessions remain available in video format. So there's been sessions um, yeah. that I've wanted to go back and see and you go and try to find it. It's like, sorry, that video is no longer here. It's been removed. Well, and let's be real. I mean, I was having that conversation. Uh, so now this year, some other folks from the Kelsis team are coming from Argentina um, and I'm really excited for them to come up and participate in this uh, guy named Fede and Raul and Johnny and Noel are all coming up. Um, and they had this argument that seemed pretty valid, right? It seems like they were like, oh yeah, we're going to do these other, we're going to do more chalk tops and workshops and stuff because sessions, they're recorded and you know, what's the real point? And I was like, oh no, 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 no. Like the, my main point against them was so how often do you spend time, you know, watching a conference, um, Online, like how how often do you really actually do that and go, you know, see all the sessions from some conference that people are buzzing about? And the answer was like, okay, yeah, no, we don't ever do that. Who really does that? You know, every once in a while, if there's a conference talk that's really popular and really doing the rounds, you might watch a little bit of it. Or if there's one that's really right up your alley, like in terms of like you're trying to build something new with a new tool that that you don't understand and have never used yet, maybe you'll go watch, watch a talk about it before you get started. But I find it pretty rare that people will just go and, you know, watch a conference online. Um, and that's, that's sort of the point, is like you go to the conference to force yourself to learn. Like that is when the learning happens, is when you're like, okay, I'm in learning mode, I'm not in developer mode, I'm not in, you know, being around my family mode, I'm not in... Whatever it is, I'm like here to get this information into my head in a very short period of time and to get inspired also. Um, and sessions are the ones that do that, I think, more than any, any of the other types. Wouldn't you say, Chris? Um, absolutely. I mean, you know, me personally, um, I'm typically going to sessions, the lecture style sessions, because that mm-hmm. just works best for me. And it's just like I'm going to get exposed to as much content um, as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Um, and then I can pick out the points or areas or topics that I want to go dive deeper on. Right. And then I can go find like tutorials or I can just go play around with it myself. Right. And and dive deeper, Um, you know, but I'm looking for this exposure type thing of like, what are some of the new ideas? What are some of the new services? Like how do they interact? You know, what's, what are the integration points and whatnot? Um, And I'm having this epiphany though, as you say this, Chris, it's like, Going to a conference is a forcing function for your attention. Like, it actually could be more efficient for you to, you know, save up three or four conferences from a year. Like, okay, I'm going to do this week, I'm going to get through reInvent and I'm going to get through KubeCon and I'm going to get through DockerCon all this week. And I'm going to like watch all the videos that are important to me and I'm going to, you know, uh, fast forward through the boring parts and just like get all this information. That could actually be more efficient if you had the attention span for it. Um, if you like weren't getting distracted by what's going on on Slack and what's happening in the news and what's doing this or what's doing that, like a conference forces you to sit in a room full of other people that are paying attention. There's something about that that works. And I was thinking about MobyCast too. Is like 
Um, because it's a podcast, I mean, people probably listening right now are either, you know, maybe they're doing something else and they're kind of coming in and out and paying attention at times and not paying attention at times. But the nice thing about a podcast is that it works in a situation where you might be doing other things like driving or walking. Whereas like watching video online, it kind of doesn't like you got to watch the video. And when you're sitting in front of your computer watching a video, the, the distractions, especially people that are into social media or anything like that, like the distractions are impossible. I don't know, like every time, every once in a while, I'll try to watch a video online and, and like uh, a lot of times I'll get through like two or three minutes of it and then eh, and I'll leave that tab open for like a week and then realize I'm never going to watch it. It happens all the time to me. And so podcasts are a great way to avoid that problem and so are uh, actually going to conferences. Yeah, I mean, the, the way that I look at conferences is basically you're giving yourself permission yeah, to, go, yeah. to, go, to go do this, this research, right? This learning. Yeah, yeah. Like there, that that is your job at that point in time, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're giving yourself permission to do it, and so you're carving out that time, and so so yeah, like and you just have to just appreciate that for what it is, and and that's one of the the great values of it. Like, yeah, they may have all the videos that you want to that you, of the sessions that you wanted to attend online, but like, are you really going to sit through twenty five hours of online video? back at your desk when everything else is going on in your life, right? You no longer Heck have no, you never you are. don't you have permission want. to do it. Yeah. 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 I would like for each and every person that has sat through 25 hours of video after a conference to personally email me at johnacalsis.com <laughs> and let me know exactly how you pulled that off because I know you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Cool. So that's the, the that's sessions. Um, so uh, the second second type of content is chalk talks. And so these are um, Highly interactive content, um, much smaller audience. So those the sessions can be anywhere between, like, say, a couple hundred all the way up to a thousand people or more um, in that room. Chalk talks typically more like fifty to hundred people type thing, mm-hmm. and um, it's delivered by an AWS expert. Where they'll usually start off with ten to fifteen minute lecture on a particular topic, and then after that, it's the rest of it is just Q Q and A. Um, whiteboarding session with the audience. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't really work, by the way. Uh, in my experience, the audience doesn't know each other, they don't feel comfortable asking questions, or the questions that they do ask end up being more like, I have a, more of a comment, less of a question, mm-hmm. and then they pontificate. It, it's not my favorite format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do the, you pronounce the it chalk- AMI or AMI? Or AMI? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the chalk talks that I went to last year that were better were ones where they they kind of treated it more like a session and just gave it a talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Personally, I have never um, attended a chalk talk. So yeah. Keep the streak alive, yeah. man. Yeah. It's good. Good streak to have. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. The third one workshops. Um, so these are, they're two hours long. Um, so this is mm-hmm. the only, the only sessions that are actually more than more than an hour. So these are double two hours long and they're hands-on sessions where you work in teams to solve problems using AWS. So um, it starts off 10, 15-minute lecture by main speaker, and then the rest of the time that you're working in groups on your laptops, um, actually building something um, and solving a problem in a, in, a, in a group environment. So those are workshops. And then the last one are builder sessions. And so these are um, one-hour-long or small group sessions, I think, I think they, they limit it to about five people and one AWS expert and they start with a short explanation or demonstration of what you're going to build and then you just go and build it. Um, so obviously pretty scope, you know, scoped pretty um, concise it's for you to be mm-hmm. able to do something, you know, basically within the span of like 45 minutes, um, you know, yeah. on AWS. Yeah. I know I went to one last year and I can't remember whether it was a workshop or a builder session. Um, it was kind of fun. I mean, if you need a break from sort of the like barrage of content and you need to do something different for a little bit, um, it's a great way of doing it. And I, uh, again, I wish I, maybe when I explain what it was, you'll know which, which it was, Chris. But it was like mm-hmm. a room full of computers. They were all set up to just sort of hit play. And then once you hit play, you kind of were immersed in, in this case, what was a Python Jupyter notebook, mm-hmm. um, and you went through the steps, and you used SageMaker, and you you know got some stuff done, um, and like I didn't really learn anything doing that. Uh, uh, just like, and I think that if I, I I would say the reason I didn't learn anything is because I already had pretty good solid understanding of 
um, how machine learning works. Mm-hmm. And I think that people without that solid understanding would have been like, what am I even doing? I don't even know why I'm clicking on these buttons and what's actually happening. So it was kind of a weird thing. It was kind of like, if you know machine learning, then it's not that helpful. And if you don't, then it's not that helpful. Uh, but it was, but it was still pleasant. It was like, oh, it's kind of nice to just use a computer for an hour. Yeah, I, I think there's there's there are other things you can do at reInvent, and this may be one of those. And I think they call these hands-on labs. Oh, uh, okay. Is what you're describing. Yeah. So these don't require any kind of. Um, you don't have to reserve. You don't any re- kind of registration. You just it's it's just walk up to it, and if there's availability, you can sit down and and away you go. Okay. So I think that's what what it was that you attended. Cool, and I think I probably did pick up a little bit of like SageMaker specific stuff, but no, nothing that stuck mm. with me. You know, no. it wasn't like any SageMaker is like you use a Python Jupyter notebook that's hosted inside AWS, so you get to skip the part where you're like Jupyter start. Right, it, it does that for you. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. So, th- so those are the the four main types of content sessions that they have at Reinvent, and uh, over two thousand five hundred of those. In addition, and then there's you know additional things that you can do. There's hackathons you can do. Like I said, there's the hands-on labs. Um, there's the builders fair. Um, there's just there's just tons of information there. So definitely spend some time if you're going. Spend some time. Do do the planning right. Like identify like what kind of what kind of sessions you want to go to. What topics you're interested in, and try to reserve if you can. Any any sessions that you are interested in. If you can't, if 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 everything is waitlisted, don't despair. Um, so I, I believe the the ratio is they allow seventy five percent of the seats to be reserved and twenty five percent is left for the waitlist. Mm-hmm. And so if it's a session you really want to go to, just make sure you you get in line. Um, I would say probably like forty five minutes before the session starts, and I would you're almost guaranteed going to get into that. Definitely. Um, and I think the takeaway for people that are not going to reinvent, like why are we talking in so much detail? I think, I think that the, the takeaway, the notes that we've hit that, that makes sense for everybody is go to conferences and get and like go to sessions at conferences and learn at those sessions because it's just a great way to get inspired, to learn things quickly, to learn from experts, to be surrounded by the kinds of people that are going to and make you better in your career. Yeah, it goes back to like you're giving yourself permission for mm-hmm. personal development, right? For learning, mm-hmm. um, you're carving it out. There's no other real expectation, right? Or at least that's the major expectation, right? You may still have to do some work in the mornings or in the evenings or whatnot just to keep up um, on things, but you have that dedicated time to towards your personal development towards right. Learning. Right. And specifically conferences, like if, say you go to meetups a lot and maybe you go to even like two a week, um, a single conference can, can be like six months worth of meetup, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause like a single meetup might have two talks in it. And one of those talks might be kind of, you know, somebody just practicing something that's totally not important to you. And the other talk might be kind of good. But like a conference, you might get, you know, 15, 20, pretty good talks in if it's a two day conference and, and even more if it's a five day conference like reinvent. So yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the quality is almost assuredly going to be much higher. Yeah. It's something like, I know personally, like at reinvent, I've been very happy with the quality of the content where it's like, mm-hmm. I would say like 90% of the sessions I go to, I would give them like an a um, yeah. versus at other conferences. Um, it's that's not true. <laughs> not true. Not no, always. No, nope. not not true. Just a sec. There's something important you need to do. You must have noticed that MobyCast is ad-free, but Chris and John need your help to make this work for everyone. Please help the MobyCast team by giving us five stars on iTunes, writing positive reviews, and telling your colleagues, friends, neighbors, children, and pets about the show. Go ahead and do it now. Great. I promise not to ask you to do that again. Um, I thought maybe we could do some like just general observations about yeah. reinvent this year. So as I was going through the the catalog, um, just kind of like noticing some some themes and what stuck out to me. One one of the big things that stuck out to me is that Kubernetes is really hot this year for for AWS, which yep. is which is kind of interesting. The, this the same thing happened at DockerCon 
in 2018 was like this mm-hmm. big radical shift where it was like the previous year there was like maybe two sessions that me- that mentioned Kubernetes and then in 2018 it was over half the sessions mentioned Kubernetes. Yeah. And so this year 62 out of the 107 sessions and this is as of 4 weeks ago there's probably more sessions now but almost 60% of the sessions in the containers track are related to Kubernetes. Mhm. That's a lot. Um, so, so AWS knows, but it makes sense, right? Like, like, okay. So containers, you can talk about them to death, but at at some point they could get to be a commodity. So you figure them out and move on and then, okay. So how are we going to orchestrate containers? Well, Kubernetes is really complicated and you can talk about it forever because there's so Mm -hmm. many things you can do with it. And then the other orchestrator, that's kind of the, you know, big one in the room is, ECS and it's less complicated and you can talk about it a lot, but not forever. Um, it's just yeah, not and as big. It also has the track history, right? They've been talking about it now for you know three or four reinvents mm-hmm. um, as well. So um, yeah, but st- it was still a little bit of surprise to me that there wasn't as much content on ECS and uh-huh. we, as we discussed in previous episodes of MobyCast, there's been a lot of changes to ECS over the last yes. year, eighteen months. So yeah kind of surprised not to see more content there but so yeah kubernetes it's very hot i think this really goes to um, aws's just understanding like hey people are running hybrid environments or we want to move them from on-prem to the cloud and if any of those situations they're using kubernetes yep and so kubernetes is part of that migration path right it's there's this bifurcation between legacy on-prem big co kind of environments and startups and it's like startups or small co environments I think should stay the heck away from Kubernetes and everyone else should is on it they have to be on it for various reasons um, and it, like it's creating like this this like divide I think in in the community in the like infrastructure community it feels like have are you on Kubernetes yet you know like and if the answer is no like you're you're not team Kubernetes <laughs> Team Swarm. <laughs> That's a whole nother episode. We'll get into that one. Cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, another kind of observation is that just serverless is continues to be big. The serverless track has, again, this is as of a month ago, 158 sessions. I'm sure there's probably, I wouldn't be surprised if there's over 200 sessions now in that, in that track. And then other popular categories that kind of like popped out to me are, IoT seems to be more popular this year. It seemed like last year it took a little bit of a backseat after the previous year when they kind of really went went big into IoT with green grass and, and everything else. Mm-hmm. So that seems to be more of a focus this year. AI and ML, of course, big, big topics that will continue. Just we'll, We're going to continue to see advancements here and, and emphasis on this. Is gonna, these are just so important going forward. Yes. And then, and then migration um, is, is another big category. Like how do we get from on-prem to the cloud? And so a lot of sessions around just topics in that area. <laughs> I was just thinking about an XKDC that I saw today. Did you see it where it was like the CAPTCHA for ML training? Mm-mm. And the, the CAPTCHA was like, uh, you know the ones where there's all the images, and you have to click on the ones that have the thing in it. And the thing, the directions were to click on the ones that represent places that you would hide in a robot invasion. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> training the robot. <laughs> the robots are training. Learning. Training the system. Yeah, <laughs> we find you. <laughs> yeah, there was I, John Mulvaney, comedian. We were watching one of his stand-up routines the other day, and he's got this whole bit about captchas where. Basically, it's like he's like using a computer. You end up spending ninety percent of your time just proving that you're not a robot. Um, yes, and so it's like talking about the ridiculousness of these captchas. Like, prove you're not a robot to me. Like, <laughs> which of these are sidewalks? <laughs> you know, and he's like, oh, you've done well, but can you show me which one of these have traffic lights? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're not a robot. Yeah, this is this is what it's come to. It is cool. Maybe we, uh, moving on, like some sessions um, or events that we're looking forward to. Uh, like I said, I spent a lot of time going through the catalog. I am reserved, I think, for probably about twenty different um, breakout sessions. So I'm pretty happy so far with my calendar. 
Um, and some of the ones in particular that I'm looking forward to are um, there's a, an architecture talk about how to reduce your blast radius with cell-based architectures. Oh, that'll be interesting. Um, so yeah. it sounds, sounds pretty cool. Um, there's another one that is a under the hood episode where they, it's, it's all about how Amazon builds resilient services at any scale. Um, so kind of another architecture, um, one that I'm looking forward to going to, uh, there's a session on Amazon's approach to security during development. Um, so, you know, (laughs) we always talk about how security is no fun, but it's at the end of the day, it's so important. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually like. I'm kind of a, uh, I do geek out on that stuff. So I'm looking forward to that talk. Well, and it's a source of entropy, right? Like if your security is good at point A and then you do work uh, and then you haven't been doing security thinking along that time, like then you measure again, your security is going to be worse in a few mm-hmm. months. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Entropy. Yes. Right. Uh, so, and then a few others, uh, there's a, a deep dive on the, the CDK, the cloud develop, development kit. So this is going to become like, this is interesting, right? They announced this last year um, and it's just, it's going to become part of our, our toolkit. So this is using, you can yet use actual programming language code to manage your infrastructure instead of using YAML, like with cloud formation and whatnot. So there's other companies that have sprung up that are, have competing offerings, but it's it's interesting to see what what AWS is coming up with that. Yeah, and then there's a deep dive that I'm going to on the Nitro system. So we talked a little bit about this. Oh in our, yeah, our VMs and containers episode, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, look at that. How about you, John? Any? I'm going to go to all those same ones so that I seem smarter on future episodes of Mobicast. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's, have you seen the movie The Italian Job? <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, okay. There's, there's a, so the group of, of basically thieves, right? They're, they they steal some gold from bad guys, of course. So it makes the, the theft not not as bad, right? If you're stealing okay, from bad yeah. people, I agree um, with that. And That's good so they yeah. So after they've 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 stolen the gold, they're talking about what are they going to do with their shares? And each one of them goes around and they're like, oh, I'm going to go do. I'm going to go buy a, a Spanish villa and have my own personal cobbler make my, my shoes for me. You know, and someone else like, I'm going to get this really awesome, fancy sports car. And another guy's going to get like, I'm going to get a speaker system. That's just, just boss. And the other guy's like, well, <laughs> he's like, what are you going to do? And it's the Ed, Edward Norton plays the character. He's like, well, what are you going to get? And he's like, I don't know. What you guys said sounds good. I'll have one of each. Right? <laughs> nice. So it's just like whatever, whatever you guys are doing, I'm going to do. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, one one session I'm looking forward to is one that I saw Ben Kehoe mentioned on Twitter, and um, you know he's the the AWS hero that's that's really outspoken about serverless, um, and he's like a real serverless purist, and I think it's kind of interesting to to like get that purist point of view because I, I you know. Frankly, Ben, I don't think that purists and software mix very well. But I'm curious to go listen to what he has to say. And and the one thing that that is good about being a purist is that if you're a purist with your vision, your direction is likely to be good. It's just if you're a purist if you're a purist with your actual execution, you're going to have a hard time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm interested to hear what he has to say. And I, I said something like, I'm only going to go to sessions where I know the people on Twitter, and then. Everybody jumped all over me for saying that, and it was a joke. But they were like, "No, you have to use reinvent as a way to get further out there and meet more people." And I was like, "God, I will." It was a joke. You forgot to do like LOL after a tweet or something <laughs> yes, like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yes. So. <laughs> cool. Uh, so some other sessions. I know. I'm like. I'm. I always look forward to the keynotes. Um, so especially me too. The, yeah. the Andy Jassy keynote and 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 Verna Vogel's his keynote. Um, it's interesting this year. You, almost every previous time they've been on back-to-back days so usually it's like andy's on wednesday and, and Werner's on thursday this year andy's is on tuesday and Werner's is on thursday so there's a gap day between them which is mm. know, so you, you don't have to wake up early twice in a row that's nice yeah twice yeah you're right and i'm really hoping that they uh you know i, I really wish they would have brought it back to the mgm Mm-hmm. Because so the MGM, you know, they have the arena there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you know, would be so it, nice. So like, like that elevated seating really makes. Yeah, it, it was like the energy was just crazy off the hook. I mean, it was like kind of almost, I mean, magical. And, right. Um, well, and whenever you put ten thousand people in a flat floored room, it's just going to be awkward. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, kind of feels like lunch. Mm-hmm. Lunch. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right, lunch, everyone. <laughs> Without food. <laughs> yeah. And um, sitting really yeah. close to each other. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So anyhow, the keynotes, if you can attend them in person, you really should because the energy levels is very, very high. Otherwise, you know, live stream, they have live stream locations all over the campus. And of course, you can do it on your own, you know, over the inner tubes, back at your hotel room, or if you're not going to reinvent, you can watch them. So check them out. Mm-hmm. Something else to look for the expo, of course, two locations. Um, the primary one is at the Venetian, and then there's um, a, the, a slightly smaller one over at the area, at the Aria, the Aria Quad. So tons of vendor booths. If you're into t-shirts, like you'll never have to buy a t-shirt again. Um, just go to the expo and you will get tons of swag. You can get yourself a data dog t-shirt for every day of the week. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you absolutely can. Um, and uh, some, maybe some notable things there are the um, AWS Village, right? So this is just a dedicated part of that expo floor that is just all for AWS. So just Almost all the teams are there. It's pretty cool. It yeah, is. It is. Yeah. So if you want to go and just ask some hard questions um, of the services teams, like that's the place to go. And they're pretty nice about it. They are. I mean, you know, they're they like to talk about. I mean, they're proud of what they what they do, right? And they want to mm-hmm. be helpful, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of the the core the, the leadership principles of of Amazon, right? Is just customer obsession. So um, they they want to be helpful, right? And you know, developers are kind of notoriously you like picky or we pick on people. And like, I, I definitely overheard a lot of people walking up to AWS folks going like, so why didn't you, you know, do X function, you know, X functionality within your, when you decided to build Y and, you know, it's always kind of like that. Why didn't you think of this smart thing that I'm telling you right now? Um, and like, people are super friendly, like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Like, you know, here's what we were thinking when we did it. Like it was really, mm-hmm. really professional. Yeah. Um, the way people approach it. I, I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. yeah, indeed. Yeah, and then another thing to look forward to at the Expo is Startup Central. Um, so this is, an, again, another big dedicated space um, there where it's really just dedicated to startups. So AWS definitely wants to show startups like we are a great place for you to, to start off with, to host your, your infrastructure on and just give you the resources that you need in order to be as successful as you can. So there's in this startup central area, they have specific like tech talks, they have speed networking activities, there's mentorship opportunities where you can be one-on-one with a mentor. Um, you can engage with other startups and do your networking and um, all that kind of good stuff. So if you are at a startup company um, or are interested in that, definitely check out Startup Central. Yeah, I think I'm going to spend a lot of time there this year. I'm just going to, I think this year I'm going to spend a lot of time just around the expo and, and in that startup area and with the AWS, in the AWS lounge, maybe even more so than uh, sessions and stuff and definitely more than last year because, yeah, I think in, in you know, for me and people with roles like me where, you're, where, where your role is kind of business development focused or, uh, connections focused, like that's that's where you can meet the people that you want to meet. But like, I'm a geek too, and I want to go learn everything. So it's it's a hard balance. Can't do it all. Yeah, but we can we can we can we can try our best, right? Like, <laughs> re- reinvent is pretty arduous for sure. So so much to do, not enough time, and so sleep gets sacrificed for sure. <laughs> it does. Yeah. And speaking of that, so parties. Um, Lots of parties going on during the, I mean, you know, 50,000 plus people, tons of money, marketing money being thrown at it. So there's going to be parties. So there's um, the big, AW, the official AWS party replay that's on Thursday. Um, and that is, that's a lot of fun. Um, so it's super fun. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of things to do there. There's enough distraction that you can kind of like forget the fact that, you know, like the, the balance of people there is not quite right. And like, you know, you know what I mean. Like, it's a little weird to have to go to a party with you know thirty thousand other tech geeks that are mostly men, but they there's just so much to do, and the music is loud, and it's fun, and the food is good, and and yeah, mm-hmm. it's and it's, it doesn't feel like it's it's about you know getting people to drink as much as they can. Everybody seems to you know it, it's not like a drink fest, which is also nice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's too much stuff to do again. So whether mm-hmm. it be playing like 
console arcade games or dodgeball or broomball. There's the light show there. I mean, the inflatable playground thing, right? I mean, there's just, there's so Mm -hmm. much stuff there to do and and tons of food walking around. You can just graze all night if you want. Um, Although at some some point you got to stop, right? Right. And I know, Chris, that you and I have talked about this. You haven't seen the, the TV show Halt and Catch Fire, which is absolutely one of my favorite series ever. And, and you will watch it. We will get this into your head at some point. But <laughs> there's a wonderful, wonderful scene during the first season where the, this company is trying to sell computers, like this computer that they've made. Um, and they, you know, it's going to be a, a PC-compatible computer that's competing against other PC compatible computers out there. And it's one of the first portable computers and it's only 15 pounds. But the way that they decide to market it is they go to Comdex, which I, what, I don't know if Comdex was really the name of CES before it was CES, but they go it to was. Com- it okay. was. Yeah. yeah, they go to Comdex and they rent a room at the nicest hotel in Vegas, where, the one where it's really happening, where everybody is. And everybody comes and they, they like have shrimp and drinks and everything. And everybody comes into this party where they're going to get to see the new computer. And then, like, like that's how they're going to sell this computer. And it was just. It was, it was like, oh, this is so cool. And this is not the same, you know, the way that CES probably works these days and the way that reInvent obviously works is not that way anymore. It's not like, let's get a little room and show the important people the thing that we're trying to sell. But, but like that spirit of like, you know, building something and trying to get people excited about it is definitely there at reInvent. And so I'm excited to just be around that spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, make no mistake, but there are, that is, that activity is going on, yeah, at, yeah, like yeah. these big conferences, right? Because there's a lot of companies out there that can't afford to go put a put a booth on 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 the show floor, right? So yeah. they do have hotel rooms, and they are trying to book meetings and show mm-hmm. people what's mm-hmm. what what they've got. So there's Fair lots point. of yeah. stuff going on, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So fun though, so cool. You're you're gonna love that when you watch it. And everybody that, yeah. everybody that loves technology and business and startups and all that kind of stuff would love that show. So definitely watch it. Cool, awesome. Yeah, and then um, you know, it's not just AWS putting on parties. Like all the major vendors have their own party. I, th- there are websites out there that list all the parties going on. There's Twitter feeds that list all the parties that are going on. We'll have that in the show notes for anyone that's interested. But just kind of, I, I was doing some some perusing through that, and some of the things that just kind of like look interesting are like Sumo Logic. They they're hosting it. There's Sumo Slam Jam with live sumo wrestlers. So if you want to see okay. live sumo wrestling, right, and food and drinks and all that kind of stuff in an arena, you can go to the Sumo Logic Party. And MongoDB, wow. they're having a pop-up playground at, at the Industrial, um, which, and it's kind of a little secretive. Um, not sure exactly what it is, but um, it sounds pretty, pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, slalom and Snowflake and Tableau um joined together to have like some sort of fiesta at, at, at Mark Ritaville. Um, so you can go <laughs> do that. Um, the team behind the serverless framework, they're having a happy hour at the, the, the Dow restaurant. I thought this one was kind of funny. Um, Threat stack, cloud health, pager duty, logic works. They're having a recovery brunch at Yardbird on Wednesday morning. So that's funny. <laughs> Yardbird's actually a really good restaurant too. So it that, is, that's it kind is. of like, but recovery brunch, Yardbird. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, and we should get, we should get to these while the getting's good because all this like excess money in this space, like especially the the VC provided money that's that may be doing some of this, like it might not yeah. be there forever. So enjoy enjoy it while you can. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, VCs. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yes. <laughs> all right. I think we better wrap it up after this, Chris. I think so. Maybe we could do some predictions. Okay. Yeah. So what about you, John? Any any predictions for what we'll we'll see at reInvent, like either with announcements or services? Oh yeah, I had I think I've done this prediction already, but I do think that we are gonna see an announcement that basically says you can run it's basically like the ability to run serverless so like one step beyond Fargate where you just sort of point either Lambda or some other thing in AWS at a image in a container registry and it'll just scale to whatever from that. 
um, without any kind of like, here's how many op, you know workload units I need, or how many you know how it's going to scale, or you know, any sort of like knowledge of of what's inside, like mm-hmm. like w- the way Google Cloud Run works. Um, I think we'll mm-hmm. see something like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I would not be surprised uh, to see to see stuff in that space. I, I think for me, like the major themes are just going to be like AWS really needs to drive growth, and so for that, that means like they've got to really focus on hybrid and on-prem they also have to make there's this this overarching problem of we've talked about this like the pace of innovation is increasing it's accelerating it's hard to keep up it becomes harder to it's really kind of harder to build an architect right because you have to know more and more information so how do they make it easier to consume the aws services so we're going to see a lot more i think in that space we saw Last year, they talked. They they announced um, control tower, security hub, lake formation. Like these are all like designed to help you consume these services easier um, and kind of reduce that that cognitive load. Um, so I think we'll see more in that space. I think we'll see more wooing of startups. I wouldn't imagine that it would be super useful, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something like a twenty question style like architecture planner kind of thing. Yeah, maybe it yeah. might. You know, be integrated in with the well-architected tool. Yeah, um, yeah, as well. Yeah, and then I think for um, like more concrete predictions, I think they're definitely going to see a lot around Lambda. Um, yeah, for sure. Lambda is like the hot. It continues to be just the hot, hot, hot in in serverless. You know. Well, and not only that, like there's just so much that can be improved. Like it's yeah. it's actually pretty. <laughs> It's pretty still in its infancy. Um, it is, so, it is. you know, last last it was just last year that they announced Lambda Layers, which yep. is like a big a big step forward and runtimes. Yeah, but it's still hard to work with them, right? Like it's not easy to find layers and to share them whatnot. So this is my prediction: is that they are going to have a they're going to have an artifact repository for Lambda Layers. Right, which essentially basically is, a marketplace. Right, what the prediction that I just made and the prediction you just made are essentially the same prediction. It's like, well, hey, look at this. There's a whole way that you can package up code and put it in a, into a repository, and it's called containers, and it's called a container repository. So, what if you could just throw a container image at Lambda and it would just take care of it? Like that's it's sort of, we're talking in the same direction, right? But it's like, how do you market that and how do you say it just right? Because everybody kind of gets like the serverless purists get kind of their their hair kind of rises when you say that you're going to put containers into Lambda, and then like you know the, the Lambda like it's not quite the same, but they're they're very much approaching each other. Like, how do you get code mm-hmm. into a thing that just runs it? Yeah, I mean, so again, it's like. How do you make it easier to consume these services yeah. to build things that actually work um, and you know come up to speed quicker? And yeah. so there's lots lots of improvements. I think the whole developer experience with Lambda, there's just so yeah, much opportunity so there. Much. And like this is part of that developer experience, right? So it's like this was the big glare. They need to partner for that though. Like don't don't make it easier for me in Cloud9. Make it easier for me in um, in uh, what's the name of that tool that everybody uses? Code code. VS Code, mm-hmm. like do it there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and like what I'm specifically talking here with this artifact repository. I mean, this is like so easy to do, right? And it's and it's so needed because mm-hmm. you know last year they're they're talking about like okay, you can create these layers and you can you can share them, um, but if you want to share them, they have to be public and you have to know you have to give someone the ARN, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To to go to do it, right? So it's like I have to give you like basically this this GUID. Right yeah. for you to know how to, to actually be able to use that layer, which is just kind of crazy, right? I should be able to do like it should be like yeah. npm for yeah, lambda yeah. layers, right? Yes. That's what they yes. need. Yes, that's what they need. Yeah, that that is what they need. They need a dependency manager for lambda. Yeah, I predict they will announce that. Another overarching theme I expect to see is a little bit more of an acknowledgement and some sort of a way of addressing the fact that Azure is creeping up and getting a lot of interest from the exact same market that. AWS wishes that they were doing better with and it is focusing on. So I, I expect to see some sort of nod in that direction, whether it's snark, whether it's pshawing, or whether it's services that actually contend with it. I'm not sure what it'll be, but yeah. Azure is gonna the name Azure is gonna be in the room. Well, the big elephant in the room is them losing the Jedi contract. Exactly. So yeah. how are how is that going to be discussed if if at all so mm-hmm. yeah it's that was a big blow i think to aws to lose a 10 billion dollar contract that they kind of from the get-go were a shoe in for and yes. lost it to azure right so yeah. 
Um, Azure, Azure, tomato, we'll tomato. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, man, we really need to wrap Ami, up Amy. here. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes. Thank you so much, Chris. This is yeah, that was thanks, super John. fun. It was fun to fun to just like keep it at a high level for a week. You bet. Hope everybody enjoys. See you in Vegas. Yeah. See you in Vegas. All right. Bye. Bye. Nobody listens to podcast outros. Why are you still here? Oh, that's right. It's the outro song. Come talk to us at mobicast.fm or on Reddit at r slash mobicast. 